Yo, so welcome back to another episode of Outside Your Comfort Zone. So in today's episode, I'm going to interview a girl called Vicky. She is currently at university and she's balancing out a lot of different activities. So for example, she's started a podcast, she's working a full-time job as well as studying um, full-time at university, which is in my head quite hard to manage because when I was a student, like I would have not been able to do anywhere near as much as that. So it's been interesting to actually chat to her to see how she actually manages it all, like time management wise, how she manages it to balance it all, what her mindset is, as well as just why she does it. Like why does she um, do so much and stick around towards the end as well, because um, you can actually hear how she deals with criticism and I guess like what other people think in terms of starting something like a business or a podcast or a clothing company because I think that'd be quite useful for those who actually want to do something similar so if that's you then I'd definitely tune in for the whole episode because it's super interesting it's been really interesting to talk to her as well and also finally as well she's got her own podcast called Hypocrite which I'll be featuring on an episode in and yeah without further ado let's get into the episode Vicky, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, I just wanted to start the podcast by sort of asking if you could give us a brief background about yourself and like what you're currently doing, like the projects you're um, embarking on. Yeah, so um, I'm doing a lot of everything. Um, I'm trying to juggle university as well as a job. So I'm at King's College London for philosophy, which isn't what I originally planned on doing. I was uh, going to Nottingham for politics and international relations because I thought, yeah, I wanted to do politics. And then actually in between affirming my place and getting my results, I decided that I really did not want to do politics. And I know like your degree doesn't determine what you're doing because I'm not exactly planning on becoming a philosopher, but I didn't think I could sit in a class full of like men who wanted to be politicians and just listen to them go on about stuff. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to... Kings for Philosophy, which is interesting. And actually, I have a lot of time because I only really have three or four hours a week where I actually have to do uni work. So I just started a job. Um, I'm at a design agency and we work with UBS on their like Formula One sponsorship. That's like my main contract. And it's really fun because we work with some big names and um, the stuff I do gets on some pretty big pages as well. So that's exciting because it's nice knowing that loads of people are doing like looking at stuff that you've made especially like in a creative environment like what you do is very much measured by like how people react to it and what people think of it so yeah a lot of people have a lot to say about the stuff I do um as well as that obviously I've got podcast which we'll be recording a little episode four after I don't even know the stuff I told you about obviously in the prep is that I had a clothing company during lockdown but I feel like during lockdown we all had so much time because I feel like we don't realize how much time we spend on like travel and getting from one place to another and then that was all eliminated and actually we were like sat there and thinking what do I do with my life now that I'm not spending three hours on a train every day (laughs) so I just decided to start a clothing business because I never seem to find the exact piece of clothing I want especially like sweatshirts I feel like such a staple and they're so easy and just comfortable and I just could never find the one I wanted so I was like I'm just gonna make it And then I was like, well, actually, I'm just going to sell it. (laughs) And then 
that worked out for me but I've been going on for so long so let me know if you you want me to elaborate on any of that at all I probably should have asked like what are you not doing (laughs) 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 should have made it easier (laughs) it's interesting because like obviously when you meet people people just say oh yeah I just go to the gym or like I don't I don't really do too much watch Netflix chill with friends but like you sound like you've got like an array of stuff that you do yeah you talked about business first so let's let's talk about how you managed to like juggle for full-time job with university as well because university especially like in your final year now like you should I mean you probably will be struggling a little bit (laughs) right yeah I mean I'm like when I say that I do all of this stuff I'm not in any way shape or form saying that I'm not struggling to do it um I think we and like definitely like you said loads of people say they go to Netflix do go to the gym I do a lot of that as well I don't know how I've managed to fit it in um when I looked at like see how my days lining up and stuff (laughs) how have I done this and this but I think a lot of it's just kind of being mediocre at a lot of stuff rather than really good at some stuff and again like I said uni isn't a massive time commitment for me for example most of it's reading because it is philosophy so I have a one hour journey to uni uh, to work and then that's when I do my reading for uni and then when I have some time off at work I'm writing my dissertation rather than sitting there and pretending to work (laughs) which I feel like I used to do a lot at like my old job if I didn't have anything to do then I just had to look like I was doing something so yeah I think it's just making the most out of literally every minute you can so for me my day starts at nine and ends at five five thirty because I'm not doing uni work outside of that so I'm doing uni work on the train and during my lunch break and sometimes during the times I'm meant to be working um but I'm not doing it outside of that so that's when I do like my gym and stuff you're like a hyper efficient human being what the hell (laughs) no I feel like we all do that we just don't like realize it because we're so used to multitasking if that makes sense like all of my friends during our like English lessons would be online shopping and like that's multitasking but it's not efficient multitasking so if they were like doing work during that lesson for another lesson like that's multitasking and it's efficient so I think it is just about like what you can handle in a time frame I think and I am by no means like doing amazingly at it it's just I'm doing well enough where I don't have to give anything up and I think it's worth mentioning that like you don't have to be the best at everything you can do for example like if you want to be a sports person you kind of have to dedicate everything to that if you want to be at the top of your game but I just have a job and I have uni and I don't need to be top of my class or like the CEO of the company I work at for me to be succeeding at what I'm doing so I've just chosen two things where actually like 70% effort gets me the most out of each thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, Pareto principle, isn't it? It's like 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) To me, right, like multitasking, I mean, I can't do it personally, but the reason why I can't do it is because like, if your mental capacity is scattered around way too many tasks, then it's quite hard to focus on one. But I guess the way you're doing it is like, oh, you're on a train anyway. So that's, I guess that's one task, but you're you're not using your mind at all. And then you can do work on the train, so that technically counts. Is that how you sort of think about your multitasks? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't, like, I wouldn't multitask, like, texting while driving. That's really stupid. But if it's something where you're actually, 
you're kind of on standby, which I feel like when you're traveling, you are just on standby, like you're just waiting to get from one area in your life to another. That's times where you can afford to just do something else. And usually I would download a Netflix thing and just watch that. And then actually I was like, well, I'm on my phone. I'm sat here anyway. I may as well read that thing that's just going to put me in a bad mood to read later because I'm on the tube during rush hour. I'm in a bad mood anyway. I might as well like just get it done. So yeah, I think multitasking is just about like... If it's a miserable task anyway, you can afford to make it more miserable. No, I completely get that. Like with, I guess like with your job at the moment, you said it was like designing for companies. Like what, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And I guess like how you got into it because a lot of young people struggle to find like jobs, especially like full-time jobs. So how did you even find one whilst doing it? at university and how did they let you do that? Yeah, so my university has absolutely no idea what I'm up to because they do not keep in contact with us at all. Like, I think a massive problem that a lot of me and my friends have is actually, even if we're proactively reaching out to a university, they just do not care. Um, so I think for me, the biggest hurdle was getting my employer to believe that me being a university student would not at any point impact my work. Actually, on my CV, be like, yeah, well, I've worked the entire time that I've been at uni and it hasn't been a problem so far. Um, so it's not going to become a problem now. And then at the same time, just like backing that up. So if you have a deadline for it, so for example, I know I have an essay due in five six weeks I haven't started uni yet but I have started the outline for that essay because when it comes to the time that I'm doing that essay I'm going to want to make sure that I'm handing in something that's good without it being like an issue for everything else I'm doing in my life so it's like a little bit of everything at the same time so I looked at my syllabus I looked at what I wanted to write the essay on I've done the reading now and then started the essay plan. And then if every day leading up to that essay, I'm doing 10 minutes or 20 minutes of writing that essay, actually, I'm not having to sit down for five hours and put my big thinking cap on and stress out about the fact that it's due in a week. I just have to get it done slowly. And it's a lot more manageable as well, because I have such a short attention span. Like, I don't know if you can relate, but it really is 15 minutes until I need to do something new. So it's the perfect segment for me, but obviously that's not going to work for other, like everyone. Like my sister has to sit down and do it for three hours and she has to have that big chunk of time to get it done. Whereas for me, that just would never work. (laughs) No, I completely understand. Like I, I mean, I have a short attention span, but I think that's partly due to like being on social media too much, but um, because everyone thinks they've got ADHD, (laughs) but they're actually just on social media way too much. No, I completely understand. Um, I think what I've been trying to do is like get into like the flow state to try and find like the perfect point where I'm just like really focused without like even wanting to get distracted. But I like sometimes the work just gets way too difficult and I just can't be asked. It's it's a tough one. I wouldn't say that I'm the best student either. I mean, I've just graduated now, so. Yeah, I was just going to ask you more about the flow state because to be honest, like that's kind of something that I'm struggling with is that I don't ever fully find myself in something. So I'll be doing a task but thinking about the next task that I have to do and I think that's a major downfall of like the lifestyle that I've chosen for myself is that I'm constantly trying to get to the next task and it can make like downtime difficult as well because I'm thinking like how can I make the most of time? Like can I be on Netflix and do something else? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it'd be great to hear like how you're able to just isolate yourself 
yourself in a moment. It depends because I struggle with it as well. But I think it's about finding activities that you really enjoy, but you find a little bit more challenging than you currently do. So you know you can do it, but it's not like way out your reach, if you know what I mean. So a random one that I found the other like the other day was um, when I was like rebranding my podcast, like making logos. I really enjoyed just playing around in Photoshop and I literally lost hours. I was just playing around and playing around like I think it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, I could actually like get into this if I actually like studied it and like made me took courses in it. But like finding those activities was quite important for me. Um, and I just like, lo- like getting lost in conversation as well. Like, for example, talking to you or talking to someone and having like a really in-depth conversation, I get lost in time with that. But I think if you're just finding like tasks in terms of your work, I guess it's just knowing what you're doing at each moment in time and not having to constantly think about it. Cause I'm very similar to you, right? So I always think I've got my Google calendar up all the time. I'm like, what have I got to do next? Time blocking all of this. But like, as long as you know what you're doing, okay, block out the time. I'm like 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, whatever. This is what I'm going to do in this hour and I'm not going to do anything else. So then you won't think about the next task. And once you like get into it, you can then just like get lost in it if it's like not boring if it's like just challenging enough there's a book i'd recommend actually it's called it's called flow by mihaly i can't say his surname but um mihaly just just type in flow just type in flow state and it's by a guy called mihaly something look that up and that's usually quite a good recommendation but yeah i'm still struggling i'm still trying to work on it yeah no for sure like i think it's really useful to be able to cut compartmentalize I think time management is something that we all struggle with because it doesn't matter what you're doing even if it's the thing that you love most in the world so for example I like sewing clothes and like it's my favorite thing to do it's like the thing I look forward to doing the most but I hate cutting out the pieces I have to sew together like it's but it's the first step like I can't do anything without cutting out those pieces and um, actually at one point I was like can I hire someone to cut out the pieces for me and then I'll just sew them but actually like it doesn't matter what you're doing there's going to be bits that you prefer and bits that you just don't enjoy doing and a lot of people struggle with it because they're like I want to get my dream job and I want to do this this and this and then actually you get there and you're sat down the first thing that you have to do is like an excel spreadsheet and you're like this is not my dream job I don't want to do excel spreadsheets I don't I don't want to be organizing numbers all day But actually, once you've organized the numbers, you can go on and do something a lot more fun and a lot more interesting that's a lot more suited to your abilities. And I think being able to see it as like a give and a take, like you're giving this to be able to enjoy doing that is quite useful. But again, at the same time, you can't force yourself to enjoy something at all. And if you don't want to cut out the fabric pieces, hire someone else to do it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They're like, oh, if you don't like doing it, just outsource it. But obviously, you've got to have the money to do that. So <laughs> I guess like when you become a CEO or something in the future, then you can do that. I think even CEOs, like managing people can get really difficult. Like my parents own companies and so I've watched them manage people. And it's actually like, I would not wish it on anyone. People are, like, I know what I'm like. like. Sometimes I'm difficult. Sometimes there's a task I don't want to do. So I'm putting off, but there's a deadline. And imagine having to deal with that with like 20 different people. And I think that's where like people skills come in where it's like, do this task for me. And then next time that this task comes up, you don't have to do it, which you can't really say that to yourself because you have to do all the tasks no matter what. I was just interested. What did you study at uni? I studied economics. So very much like what I took from it was essentially you have some sort of endowment. So say money, people, 
land wherever and it's all about just allocating it efficiently so like all this time management stuff it I should be good at it because I do economics but it's just not like not clicking into my head <laughs> awesome that's I feel like graduating economics you deserve an award on top of the diploma <laughs> all my friends really struggle with economics I think it's a hard topic because you go into it thinking it's going to be one thing and then actually yeah. it is just a lot of like graphs and analyzing and there's very few people who actually enjoy that, I think. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, in terms of uni work, because I know my sister's about to go off to uni, she, like, I guess is worried about the workload because it's so different to school. Like, from school, you're told what you need to do in what period of time, and then if you need to do anything outside of that, you have an exact deadline. Whereas with uni work, it's just kind of like, well, we recommend doing this, this, and this to succeed, but if you don't want to do it, then we're not going to force you. And then it goes from like being told actually when like literally when you can go to the toilet to like you can do whatever you want whenever you want and you have to sort it out yourself. And I feel like that's a really difficult transition and not one that I fully struggled with because I have so little work for my university. So I'm assuming economics, you had a lot to do. So I'm just hoping you might have some insights. They're supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> Why are you interviewing me? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just trying to learn. I, I wouldn't say I'm the best at time management like all of my first year second year I was essentially going out way too much and not studying enough like I essentially every time I wasn't going out I was just in the library for like 7 10 12 hours a day but it wasn't efficient time like I noticed that I would just sit there for long periods of time not being able to answer questions and just literally like pretending or look, making it look like I'm doing work but I'm literally not doing anything and I've I've been trying to get more into this because obviously I realized that final year was going to be a lot more difficult so I was like looking into different books and how to how I can like study effectively how can I actually like learn rapidly without having to waste so much time I recommend some books because I don't think I can explain it as well as if I if I didn't recommend books so I can send it to you afterwards but there's a book by Cal Newport called Deep Work essentially that talks to you about like being able to work in a sort of a flow state eliminating all distractions and once you're able to do that then all you need to do if you have a heavy workload and you have like two three hours a day like really deep work you won't need to do any more and you can spend the rest of your time like working full time or like going out or doing whatever you want without having to worry about that work in the back of your mind um so that's a really good book and then there's another book called make it stick i can't remember the authors but they're like there's some like behavioral scientists and they basically study the science of how you learn, um, which is a really important meta skill in my opinion. And essentially the two things are like space repetition. So making sure you're repeating the same content every like week, two weeks, month kind of thing, um, as well as active recall. So like constantly testing yourself. So you know how like memory cards and flashcards, they help a lot. Um, it's just about making sure you're able to extract knowledge out of your head um, quickly because when you're in an exa exam that's all you're doing isn't it you're extracting that knowledge out of your head um, so that's the most important thing I can like send you these books um, after I call but those are the two recommendations but that's enough about me because I want to <laughs> interview you now <laughs> um, yeah sure sorry so, that's all right that's all right so let's talk about your podcast then um, you said you didn't want to study politics but um, I guess the podcast has been a good way for you to express that interest in politics and current affairs so yeah tell us a bit more about that yeah, so I think, um, obviously, we don't know each other that well, but anyone in my life would, like, tell you very easily and quickly that I cannot, for the life of me, shut up. So, like, if I overhear something that I'm not happy with or something that I personally disagree with, then I have absolutely no filter in it 
comes to being like, actually, that's not right. Shut up. Let's educate ourselves. And I found that actually um, at the beginning, my way of dealing with my disagreement with other people is quite unhealthy. And I would just be like, well, you're an idiot, so I'm not going to listen to you. But actually, that's not healthy for them because I'm pushing them further into this opinion that I personally don't dis- don't agree with. And also at the same time, I'm pushing myself further into my opinion because there's no discourse about are my beliefs right or wrong. Um, I just kind of had to stick with what I knew because I wasn't allowing anyone else to get through to me which is why my uh, podcast is called hypocrite because I found that actually when I start having conversations with people that I think I disagree with I end up agreeing with a lot of what they say or at least the way that they make their points and that I'm able to learn from them um so actually when I sit down I have a conversation with someone that I fundamentally agree with I feel like we both leave that conversation feeling enriched um whether that is because we're like okay I do have the right view I agree with myself or maybe I need to amend this view so that it's more reflective of how I feel about this because it's really easy like especially because we're born into certain views and beliefs to just stick to those and it can be quite lazy like belief forming and I didn't want to study politics because I looked at the course and a lot of it was like the structure of the government and like why it's not a written constitution in the UK and it's like that's interesting and it helps me form my beliefs but actually I need something up to date because I need to know where to put my vote or I need to know what cause to support or I need to know who to block on Twitter (laughs) and for me my podcast was a way for me to help my friends hear my opinions first of all because I love the sound of my voice um but also a way for me to just be like guys this is what's going on if you haven't heard about it, you need to hear about it now. And if you don't have an opinion on it, you probably should form one pretty soon. So yeah, I just, I bought a mic, started talking to some people and I'm I'm having fun with it, to be honest. And I've got some positive feedback as well, which is always nice, like to be recognised. I think I've never actually explained the meaning behind why my podcast is called Hypocrite. So that's a debut for you guys. <laughs> it's very interesting how you say that because I think... I've, I've listened to a bit of your podcast actually and I just wanted to say that you're very articulate and it sounds like you've put a lot of research into into what you do um, compared to me. I just try to make it like flow. <laughs> so yeah, so well done for that. And, and yeah, it's, it's really good. Why are you doing so much then? Why don't you just like chill and get a good job and then just go to uni and then like get a job afterwards? I honestly put it down to my parents. Um, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing that I do so much. I think for me, it's just that my parents are such hard workers. Like they came over from Bulgaria with absolutely nothing and they made a lot out of that. And that's what I grew up on is like this culture of when, where's the next step so I can take it. And it was really important for me, like growing up, that's just what I saw. So that's what I've replicated. And so, for example, the joke going with my friends is that I keep getting new jobs because even when I'm at a job, I'm looking to how can I improve? How can I be better? How can I get? It's not even just about money, but like more skills, more respect. And it's not necessarily always a good thing. Like it puts a lot of pressure on me. It can make it difficult to just be like happy with the situation that I'm in. But at the same time, it has allowed me to achieve some pretty awesome things and stuff that I'm enjoying. So it's like when I tell people about what I'm doing, I'm never saying I recommend this and I'm never saying I don't recommend this. I'm just saying like do what feels right and then at the end of the day you're probably going to get where you want to get as long as you're putting in the work to get there. That's super interesting because I'm I'm the same right so my my parents came to the UK as well so 
Um, I'm Chinese, grew up in Peru. I know, born in Peru, grew up in the UK. And I guess like family for me has always been a motivation because like seeing how hard they worked, I think subconsciously puts that in me and I like people have asked me why am I so like motivated driven I don't I don't think I am compared to some people but I, I think like the reason for that is just literally how I was brought up because it's not one of those things where like you can just say oh I saw a guy and I really wanted to be like him it's like this is like fundamental within you so do you think that your parents have essentially influenced you so much to the point that you are who you are now because of your parents or do you think that your ambition comes from like inherently like do you think that's how you are um, naturally I think a massive mix of both like my parents definitely I um just watching them grow up that was just the in like the speed of the environment I was in like we were constantly moving forward so it was keep going or get left behind so that's just what I started doing but also at the same time like sometimes my parents are like so I struggle with anxiety and they're like, okay, why don't you give up on a few things and you might be a bit less anxious? And I'm like, hold on, no, I can't do that. Um, so I think it's just a mix of both and it's just how you react to your environmental factors. So some people that have parents that are like super high achieving feel that there's too much pressure on them. So they tend to want to pull back from that. And some people want to engage with that and both are completely fine. It's just... I guess it's nature and nurture trying to balance within you, which is honestly a really interesting conversation that I'd love to get into someday. But yeah, I, I would say it's a mix of both. I guess like going into how like the challenges you faced and how you overcame it, like how do you get the courage to start these things? How do you get the courage to start a podcast? Because putting yourself out there is quite scary, like caring about what other people think and like clothing company, uh, working a full time job. Like how do you just put yourself out there? Yeah, I think I just don't care. Like, if I fail publicly, um, that means I tried publicly and I'm not too worried about people thinking, oh, like, she failed from this. Um, I think what if my... Co like, for example, to this day, people are like, why did you get rid of your clothing company it's never like oh you stopped your clothing company you're such a failure I think we in our heads judge ourselves a lot more harshly and decide that other people are going to judge us in the same way but actually a lot of people are just trying to get their own stuff done and if you succeed they'll congratulate you but if you fail they actually won't care that much so for me it's just kind of it's about me and obviously I have a community of people a lot of the people that listen to my podcast are people that I know that's my community and I rely on them to succeed but also if I fail that's not on them essentially I'm just saying that I'm not scared of failure at all whatever happens happens I think it's really difficult like it's, some people like how have you got anxiety about really little things but you have absolutely no problem failing so for example in my day-to-day -day life I'm anxious if I don't get an email sent out on time but actually the thought of my boss firing me it doesn't scare me at all um so it's just this weird balance of like I like to get stuff done but if stuff isn't done then it's not the end of the world. And I know it's really difficult to just, it's like giving advice. It's like, oh, calm down. It's like, okay, thanks for saying that. It's actually not very helpful at all. It's like, if you completely detach yourself from what you're doing and just be like, I'm an individual who's going to try and do this. If I don't do this, it doesn't say anything about who I am. Um, so I was like, if my podcast gets no listeners, if, cause I had a YouTube channel when I was 14 and I was, I was posting videos for three <laughs> viewers and like for a solid two to three years. Just love that. I was like, I no that. one's viewing it, but I'm not, yeah, you've got to, you've got to just scream into the void sometimes. And also we always think of success as being like 
becoming a massive content creator or getting loads of money or getting a promotion but actually it's what you get back from that so from my youtube video stuff i gained video editing skills i gained skills on that how to deal with actual youtube which is really difficult by the way like everyone under everyone's like oh you just press post no it's hard um but yeah, you can gain a lot from an experience and it still be considered a failure. But at the end of the day, like I actually don't think you can fail if you've tried to do something as long as you just change how you measure success at that. I'd probably waffle through that, but I'm trying to explain like why I'm not scared. I of, love that because it's, it's yeah. I think it's a mindset you have to develop. I don't think that's one of those things that you just naturally have. I mean, you, you could have naturally have it, but for me, I, I was it was difficult to overcome that barrier. So it sounds like you've already had that mindset for a long, long time. Um, But yeah, just just like finally, like what are your sort of future plans? Yeah, so I'm not trying to become Elon Musk. I think he sounds like he has a miserable life. So like I'm not trying to take it to like this supreme level of like existence. Um, For me, I just have like this life set out for myself. Like I want a particular house and a particular car. And I know that I want to be able to spend time with my family and also have a career. So for me, like the actual outlines of my success are very specific and actually not as high as someone might expect. So... I've seen someone and they're like, oh, you want to become like prime minister? I was like, no, in no way, shape or form do I ever want to become prime minister. Um, I just want to be able to do what I enjoy and at the same time, like spend time with my family. Um, and I know that might be like disappointing to hear, but I think that's just what I've always wanted. And I see what I'm doing now as a way of getting that. So I just think if I put in the work now get a really good job for 10 years, retire when I'm 30 or 40, and then just do whatever the heck I want, then like that's success to me. And that's what I'm aiming for, to be honest. I love that. No, I'm exactly the same. Try retire by 30. That's my goal at the moment. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Vicky. Really appreciate everything you said. Is there anything else you want to say before we finish the podcast? No, I don't think so. This is the most I've ever spoken a podcast because usually I just ask the questions and sit back and watch the carnage ensue. But yeah, no, I don't think I've got anything else left to say. Thank you. You're not going to plug your um, podcast at all one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, if if this, if this my voice hasn't jarred you too much in this podcast, then I've got a podcast called Hypocrite Podcast where I talk about no specific topic, just the stuff that I care about and the stuff that I feel like I have something to say. Sweet. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you lots later. Peace. Peace.